Hey everybody, my name is Kirk Crispin. I'm not the pastor, I'm just on the preaching team. And I just want to say that I'm very thankful for this church and for this body. And what we've seen here today is the body of Christ. It's what is available to every single person who calls on the name of Jesus. We all have an inheritance and a destiny, and he qualifies us if we answer his call. I'm not qualified to be here either. I didn't go to seminary. I don't have a college degree. I don't have anything. I love books, and I love to read, and I don't get to do as much of it as I used to, but I used to think that in order to be qualified, you have to read all these books and prove yourself and write all these papers and and get all these accolades from other men and institutions, whatever, things that man creates. And I'm not saying those things are bad if God calls you to them, but I just, I lived under that burden for a long time. And then I remember it took a long time for God to deliver me from that. But I I just, I really am thankful for this body. I'm thankful for y'all's leadership. I'm thankful for everything that has flowed here today because that was started by God and y'all. And y'all provided the foundation and the covering for that to occur I'm thankful for you, Pastor Allen, for flowing with the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for the worship team. I'm thankful for everything that everybody does to contribute to the flow of the Holy Spirit because this, I believe this is what church is. I'm not judging any other body or any congregation. I don't think that we're better than anybody else. I don't look down. I'm just thankful that this is where I'm called to be, and I'm thankful that this place is here for me to be here. Izzy, I'm thankful for you sharing your testimony like that. Izzy worked for me years ago for $8 an hour, I think. And he was worth 20 back then. But (laughs) no, but seriously, to to, to share that, I mean, I, you don't realize, but God speaks through you when you obey. Just the things that where we went in worship was a confirmation and a leading of where I was supposed to go. Because to be honest, I didn't feel it today. It's been like six months since the last time I preached and I just, I was not feeling it. And I mean, honestly, I didn't feel qualified. I, I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh, that, like, I'm going to get up there and, and I'm just going to have to go. I'm, okay, I don't have anything. And, <laughs> and it was like at three or four o'clock this morning that, that I, I felt like God just gave me a simple little message. And I had this feeling like we could go into flow all day long and there's no need. And I'll be, okay, great. And I was, I was like, oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> But after everybody obeyed and flowed, I felt like God highlighted just a couple little things out of what he had put in my heart. And one of the things that I want to tie into was a comment that John made in one of his sermons. It was either the last or the second to the last. But he was talking about when the disciples came and asked Jesus how to pray. He said, notice Jesus didn't say, my father, you're God. He didn't say approach God that way. Oh, God, Jesus is Father, our God. He said, our Father. And it was right around that time that God was showing me something about Jesus. And so I want to lift up Jesus and talk about that for a moment. Because he did something that is so special and so amazing. And it's something that only he could do. And I, I love finding unique talking points that have no comparison. There's no other faith-based system in the world that has a comparison like Jesus. Jesus is the only God that put skin on. None other claim that. Jesus is the only one who claimed to be the Son and one with the Father. And what I love about the statement, he was talking to Thomas, and Thomas was doubting when he was resurrected. And he was saying, don't be concerned, don't be grieved. I'm, where I'm going, you're going to be with me eventually. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And, and then he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And I've known that verse my whole life, but all of a sudden, God showed me something a couple of weeks ago. When you think about that statement coming from the mouth of a son, it is extremely powerful. He didn't say it as a deity. He didn't say it as a philosopher. He didn't say it as a theologian. He said, I am the way. Who is speaking? I, the son, am the way. You can't get to my father except through me. But if you go through me, Come on in. It's all yours. I am the truth. I'm the reality of what it looks like to be in right relationship with the Father. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the reason why it's so powerful is because we were separated from God because of sin. Adam and Eve became scared of God the moment they sinned and they were separated. They were outside of the family. They were outside of the, the household. They were outside of fellowship. They knew that something was wrong and they didn't have the right to be in his presence and talk to him like they used to. And so thousands of years of humanity growing up under that fear and that darkness separated from God. I mean, look at how the Israelites acted when Moses went up on the mountain. They were scared. They were scared. They said, you go up there for us and tell us what he says. And so imagine being from the day you were born, growing up in, an, in a slave camp and being tortured and abused in every single way you could ever imagine, having no idea what a loving parent was like. And then one day, a strong man walks in and says, you're free. And by the way, I'm for you, not against you. And I love you and I care about you. You're not going to be able to relate to that because it was a strong man that had been keeping you in bondage and abusing you. But if you saw his son come in and say, this is my dad. He loves you. He cares about you. He's good. He's not going to hurt you. Come with me. I'm going to show you how to know him. You can only know God as father through his son. And if you're separated from him and dead, there's no way for you to become a son unless he were to provide a son and show what that could be like first. And that's what Jesus did. And he said, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men unto myself. And so I just that was the first little nugget that I wanted to share. It's about the father. He wants us to know him in that way and the only way that's the reason why Jesus is unique there is no one no one no other voice no other message like the one that he brought because he is the only that's why he is the only way the only truth and the and the life and no one no one comes to the father except through him him the son and then the second thing I'm, I'm wearing boots today that I got a couple of weeks ago, and I felt led to put these on. These are not normally what I wear to church. I'm actually wearing what I wear in a professional setting at work. And it was interesting how I got these boots. I went and looked. I hate buying shoes, by the way. I find that it is, is torturous. It's very difficult. There's, you never really get what you're paying for. And I just, I don't like to have 30 pairs that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I wear one or two pairs and I wear the heck out of them. And then, and then I got to go look for more, you know. And and so I had, these are special boots. They've got a, 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 what they call a safety toe. It used to be steel toe. This is composite. So if something falls heavy on your, in the industrial world, you have to have boots like this to go in to work. And so I had bought some boots that were really comfortable, and I liked them about a year ago. And about six months ago, when I came home from work, I couldn't get them off my feet. And I was like, this is really scary. Like for, for about 20 or 30 minutes, well, the liner had come out and, and, Make a long story short, um, I, these expensive work boots that I bought no longer worked, and I had to wear these lace-up pair of older boots that I had. And I was just making do for a number of months, and I hated them, but again, I hated buying shoes more, and I didn't know where to go, and I couldn't find them. 
And I would go from time to time, and I'd go to stores that carry these kind of clothing, and every single one that I went into, there were no passionate, servant, knowledgeable, caring, informed people. It was just salespeople. What do you want? Oh, yeah, we got this. And, you know, I mean, some of them would be nice and a little bit. But I went into one store, and these two young men were working there. They looked like the sons of the owner or whatever. I mean, they just had no expression. They're like, looked at me like, what do you want? You know, yeah, right here. And one of my coworkers, he always looked sharp. And I called, I said, where do you get your clothes? Where do you get your boots? He said, go to this place, blah, blah, I walk in, and this lady walks up, and she says, have you been helped, sir? And I said, no, not yet. And she said, come on. And she walked me to the upstairs. I didn't even know there was an upstairs in this store. And she said, what are you looking for? And she started asking me questions. And within about 20 or 30 minutes, she had helped me weave through all these different materials and makers. And she knew about the saddle and the sole and the stitching and the longevity and the maker and all this stuff. These are $200 boots. I don't want to talk about that. I don't like to talk about And I normally, I don't buy things that I, these are, these are right offable. This is for work. And she's like, these are expensive. These are $200. And I was like, I was like, lady, I have been looking all over Texas and Louisiana for you. I don't care how much they cost. I'll pay double for them because they make a difference in my daily walk. They make a difference in my daily life. And, and all my effort to try to find it and make it happen on my own were not working. And, and then she did the same thing with these jeans. These, are, these look like designer jeans. They actually are. They're called FR, fire retardant. And, and again, I, was, I would be on the job site, and these other, you know, these other men that I would work with, they would look sharp, and I just felt like a dorky little kid, you know? And I, but I didn't know how to buy them. I didn't know where to find them. I would go into stores, and again, I would ask. I would, and the, just the non-answers you would get from people that have no knowledge. And I found this one lady in Louisiana, so that's where I go now to buy my clothes, because she knows about the, the material, and she's a professional, and she cares about helping people solve their problems. So what does that have to do with lifting up Jesus? Well, I wish I would have had these boots on Friday night when something else happened. I'm going to tie this into Ephesians 6. If you'll go there, you may know that it's the chapter or the, the part of Scripture where it talks about putting on the full armor of God. And I, want to, I just want to read real quickly, chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith which, with you, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Okay. I went through that quickly because I'm, I'm trying, I want to point something out. If you, if you look at all those items, you've got a helmet, a shield, a sword, a breastplate. But the one thing that doesn't fit into the category of normal things is shod. Hey, what does shod mean? Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It doesn't say sandals. You know, it's like helmets and, and breastplates and swords. Those are all tangible things. But shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So I started looking I was like, okay, there's got to be, there's got to be some nuggets here, and if you uh, have never seen this website, BibleHub.com or .net, it's an incredible tool. It'll make you look and sound way smarter than you are. I'm not a Greek scholar, but it's so easy to just find a verse in your favorite translation and look at it, cross-reference it in other translations, and then you can click on it and see the words in Greek, and you can get a deeper understanding with very little effort. And and I know that there's so much more that I'm missing, but several little things are hidden in this verse that I think make it very meaningful. 
and I'm going to tie it in with these boots in just a second. First, having shod. To shod is an old school word, and it means to put on my feet, to bind under. And so if you, okay, so if I'm going to bind on my feet the preparation of the gospel of peace, I'm still not making sense. Now, I've said this before, but in marketing, advertising people know that they can get your brain to go to certain places if they use certain tricks. So, for example, if they use words that have no tangible concept, they can throw that word in there and make you think that you're in control of your thoughts, but they can really get you to think about it. It's like they can say, don't think about purple elephants. There's no word, there's no physical word for don't. But your brain automatically goes and starts thinking about purple elephants. They use it in a lot of bad ways that I won't go into examples. So whenever I see something that doesn't compute, and, I, and I've seen it, I mean, I know we all do it. We all hear things, and they don't really register with what they mean. What, what does that mean? And we just kind of skip over it. And I just, it's been my experience that when those things are there, there's oftentimes there's a treasure that God has for me. And so the next word that jumped out at me was, the, prepara- the word preparation. It, in the Greek, this is how it looks. Having shod the feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace. That word readiness means foundation, firm footing, preparation, or readiness. It, if you think about all those other things, you put on the breastplate, you put on the helmet, how do you put on the good news on your feet? You don't put the good news on your feet. What it, what it, it's, a, it's a figure of speech. It's saying, and, and I, this is a little hard to describe, but I'm going to just try to keep it real simple. You're not preparing yourself with the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace gives you a preparation that you couldn't get anywhere else. When I put these shoes on, instantaneously I know I can step on things, and I've got peace that my feet will not get hurt and that I can go into environments that are typically dangerous. There's, and, and that word, also in that word gospel, I looked that up, that word gospel shows up in the New Testament about 75, 76 times. That's the cool thing about Bible Hub. It'll tell you how many times a word shows up. Whenever I see a word that only shows up one time, that, that's a signal to me that, ooh, there's something there. That word preparation, the way that it's written, only shows up one time in the New Testament, and it's right there. And it, it, there is a distinction between um, preparing like you go and do preparation versus preparation, the result of something that's already been done for you. And so then I looked at, okay, gospel. This is what, this was interesting. For the word gospel, it said, gospel does not mean, the word gospel includes the entire Bible. In other words, it is not limited to how a person becomes a Christian. Most of the times when we hear the word gospel, we think of salvation or just go to heaven and not hell. That's good news. Gospel means good news, but I could say the good news of Lena's birthday, the good news of, you know, going to see a friend that I haven't seen in a long time. So the, the good news of what? Well, it says the gospel of peace. Put on the preparation, the foundation that you have once you have a gospel of peace. And that gives you the ability to move from a place of confidence. And so this is why knowing where you're going when you die is so important. Because if you answer that question, so many other questions become less scary, less impactful. Because you know at the death is gone. For the believer, death doesn't exist. You just go from here to there and you're with him. 
So what happened Friday night? It, it was kind of cold, and we were um, we turned on the hot tub. We were going to jump in, and and I didn't turn it on properly, and so Angie's like, the water's not hot, and so I went out there, and the pump had turned off, and so I turned the pump on, and then I didn't have the valves turned on correctly, so all my false starts, I'm not getting hot water. I, I finally get in. I'm waiting. I'm just monitoring with my knees. I'm up to my knees, and my dog comes over, and we start playing, and she's, you know, wanting to interact with me. She's been cooped up all day long, and then all of a sudden, she grabs one of my sandals, and she runs off into the dark. Now, I hate buying shoes. It's very hard for me to find sandals that I like. And my first thought is, oh, no, she's going to tear up that sandal, and then I'm not going to have sandals. And so without thinking, I get out of the hot tub, and I start chasing her in the dark in my backyard. And I wish I would have had these boots on when I did that because I ended up in the mud splitting my toe open on a brick that was in the dark that I couldn't see and losing my peace like that. I went from, <laughs> I mean, I just accelerated from, from, we were having such a fun night. We'd been to dinner as a family. You know, I was like, I was being really awesome dad that night. You know, and I was like, I was hitting it on every mark. And then, I mean, I just, I ruined the, and I was so mad and I was feeling sorry for myself, you know, and I was, I was covered in mud. I had a bleeding toe that, I mean, I ripped the flesh off my toe and there's dirt in it. And, and I just, I'm glad the dog could run fast because I wanted to hurt her. I was so angry. But then afterwards I was sitting there and I was thinking about, I was like, you know, this was your fault. For, for one thing, you saw that brick out there in the grass for a long time. You should have, you should have moved that. Secondly, my neighbor is a dog trainer, and he's been giving me tidbits on how to train dogs. And he told me specifically, don't react to a dog the way that they first react. Otherwise, you reinforce the behavior. So when you get excited, when they get excited, they think you're reinforcing and agreeing with what they did. Long story short, God had given me multiple chances to be prepared. <laughs> if I would have just ignored her and turned around and went and sat down, she would have forgotten about it like that. But because I kept accelerating, it kept getting worse. And... I just felt like God gave me that example to show that he doesn't want us running in the dark without our feet properly protected with the gospel of peace because it leads to destruction and pain and lost opportunities and a myriad of things that he doesn't intend for us. And I thought it was, it was funny that every time I would hear that shod your feet with the gospel the preparation of the gospel of peace. I just, I was always like, what does that mean, you know? And I did. I got my sandal. Thank you, Tim. That's the most important part. <laughs> I got my sandal. But I, <laughs> I feel like the picture that's there is, is that we're all on a journey, whether we all hate buying shoes as much as we... <laughs> Just like we need shoes for our feet, we need our souls properly prepared. We need access to information and revelation that can transform us, just like that lady gave me at that one store. We need to know him as Father, not just as God. We, that's why we need Jesus. And so if you're here today and you're, whether you're a believer a new believer, a mature believer, a doubter, or whatever. Your heavenly Father loves you. He has so much for you. 
you can't get it all in one. You'll never get it all. He's going to keep revealing himself to you for throughout all eternity. But as a starting point, he's inviting you in to know him as a loving father. He's inviting you to enter into the good news of peace, which is an incredible starting point for everything else. You can go into a buffet and know that it's safe, it's warm, I'm accepted, I'm allowed to be here, I'm not breaking the law, and there's all this food, and you can't eat it all, but you can pick and you can start to explore and enjoy. But if you're scared that a tornado's coming, or that someone's going to shoot you, or that you're going to get kicked out for, you can't enjoy that meal. That's why the gospel of peace was such an awesome picture, and, 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 and I just felt like God wanted to say, if you don't have peace, whether you're born again or not born again, God wants you to have peace. He doesn't want you to run into the darkness and to get hurt. That's not his plan for you. And one of the things that he's taught me and our family over the, through the things that we've been through is, and, and through ministry here at this church, if we don't have a peace about something, until we know what to do, just stand still. Just wait. And if we will do that, if we will respond in faith to what he's saying and doing, he will meet us, he will fill us, he will deliver us, he will heal us, he will do things for us that we can never even think to ask for. Because he's not asking us to perform to get his love. Jesus already did that. He did what we could have never done. So, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your son. We thank you for showing us what a father is like and doing it in the only way that could ever be done, and not by us, but only by you. You took our place on the cross. You became sin for us. And then the ultimate conspiracy theory, coup of coups, secret, you cursed the curse when Jesus hung on the tree. And we thank you for your love. We thank you for delivering us and providing a way out. Thank you for setting us free from performance and all the things, all the burdens and lies that have been placed on us by fallen man and doctrines of demons. We thank you that we've got a household and an inheritance to enter into. And all you ask us to do is to be like a son and just come to you and trust you like you said during worship. We love you, Father. We ask your forgiveness of our sins and we receive that forgiveness as we forgive others. We trust and ask you to lead us away from temptation. We trust and ask you to deliver us from evil. And we thank you for taking care of every unknown. We don't need to worry about every single unknown. All we need to do is focus on what you have shown. And that's a right relationship that is only possible through your son, Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.